Hey, come on in, come on in, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Can Party. Let me show you around. This is an entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, and those aspiring to be so. The aim is to introduce you to inspiring, like-minded people who are doing what they love every single day and having so much fun in the process. You see, business can and should be fun. You'll have the opportunity to hear their stories, be given tools and advice to succeed, and to taste what is possible when you think and dream bigger. Me? (laughs) I'm your host, Scott Stockdale, and I'll be learning just as much as you as I show you around. It's my job as a fellow entrepreneur to tease out their habits, routines, successes, failures, favourite resources, books, etc, etc. All that good stuff. Alrighty, make yourself at home, grab yourself a drink, and let's get this party started. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 27 of Entrepreneurs Can Party. I'm your host, Scott Stockdale, and today I'm going to be sharing with you some of the updates that have come from the first month of working with a virtual assistant. I have to say from the outset, it's been amazing, and I'm not just saying that because Lou is actually editing this episode, but it genuinely has been, and there has been a bunch of lessons that we've learned together, and some things, potential pitfalls that you might want to look out for if you too are gonna hire your own virtual assistant one day, which I hope for many of you will. You don't have to have a podcast to do this. In fact, you can basically hire a virtual assistant even if you don't feel like you need to, But yeah, I'm going to anyway, I'm going to be sharing some strategies with you and hopefully some pitfalls that you can avoid making, uh, some mistakes you can avoid making. Before I jump into all of that good stuff, I just wanted to share a very quick review of you, which is coming this week from Sina. And Sina wrote, great listen, amazing episodes that are massively interesting and valuable to other entrepreneurs. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Sina. I know you've got a great podcast yourself, The Millennial Entrepreneur, which I'll provide a link to in the show notes. And as always, it's just really lovely for one, for me to read these reviews out show that I do appreciate them. I know you know that already because I talk about it, I bang on about it every single episode, but honestly they do mean a lot and if you'd like to leave a review of the podcast there'll be a link to do that in the show notes and it helps me attract even bigger names onto the podcast so there's definitely a spillover benefit to everyone involved in the Entrepreneurs Can Party community. Alrighty, without further ado, let's jump into today's show, which is all about the updates that I can give you around my first month working with a virtual assistant. So yeah, what has the first month working with a virtual assistant looked like? I have to say at the top of this episode, it has been a real joy. And I'm not just saying that because she's editing this episode, which to me feels really meta and really weird as I record this, but genuinely she has done an amazing job. And I thought it would be nice to share what that process was in the first week of working with her and the second week, and then what have been some of the key lessons that have come from this. You know, some of the potential pitfalls that you might fall into if you're looking to work with a virtual assistant. And yeah, some of the things that I would recommend Uh, to do if you're looking to hire a virtual assistant, whether it's from the Philippines or someone from the UK or somewhere else in Southeast Asia, wherever they may be based. Okay, so yeah, like I say, it has been really smooth sailing, has saved me so, so much time already, and we're only a month into this process. And kind of going into this, I was a little bit apprehensive um, because I've never hired someone before, never managed someone before, so I wasn't entirely sure what that would look like but the tools and resources that a guy called Travis Marziani has helped, has provided, have been so, so invaluable. So I will definitely provide a link to his 
uh, YouTube channel in the show notes. And I've kind of talked about him in previous episodes as well, I believe episode 9 and episode 17 of Entrepreneurs Can Party, which incidentally I would highly encourage you to check out if you're really serious about this hiring virtual assistant process because it kind of details the systems that you'll need in a bit more detail and what the actual hiring process looks like if you're looking to yeah, onboard a virtual assistant. But yeah, those are, I'll provide links to those episodes in the show notes as well. And yeah, like I say, to kind of talk you through that first week, what did that look like? So, hired the virtual assistant on the Friday, whenever that was, and uh, obviously had the weekend, gave her the weekend to kind of digest all the information I sent over to her, and then hopefully to kind of get those systems in place to start working on the Monday. So yeah, what were those processes? What did I give her to digest? Basically, I sent over an orientation email to her on the Friday once we once I hired her and had that kind of initial conversation. And that orientation email gave her uh, access to uh, some documents on Google Drive. And those documents were a virtual assistant handbook, which details all of the steps for every single task that I was going to give her in the coming days and weeks. And also an assistant rule book which, yeah, essentially expectations I have for a virtual assistant who works with me. So expectations in the sense of how often I expect them to communicate with me on a daily and weekly basis. If they don't deliver work when I say I want it delivered, what are the kind of repercussions of that? Always really important to kind of lay out these expectations so that you're both on the same page and that so there's no kind of hidden or nasty surprises. So yeah, that's kind of Uh, at least a taste of what those documents are and like I say in episodes 9 and 17 I kind of give a bit more detail around those and uh, what kind of those really entail so it's going to be quite difficult to kind of pin down all of those uh, details in this episode because it goes on and on there's a lot of stuff in those uh, in those documents but yeah that's essentially what I did sent over those documents in the orientation email itself I gave her details of how she can start to get onto the systems that we use during this process of working together. So systems like, or tools like LastPass, and again, I'll provide links to all of these in the show notes, but LastPass essentially allows you to share your passwords to online websites and resources without actually having to give your virtual assistant that password. So how it works is you install a Chrome extension or Windows extension onto your laptop slash computer, and that Uh, extension LastPass is essentially like a vault of all your passwords so when it comes to uh, you can share that quite easily with your VA and then when it comes to them signing in on their own laptop slash computer the extension automatically populates all of those login details so for example if I was to go on to uh, YouTube and uh, if I provided access to my YouTube login details on LastPass those details would automatically be populated. So, you know, my email address, my password would be automatically populated on my virtual assistant's device, if that makes sense. So LastPass is fantastic. I believe it costs, I think it's like £50 a year. So really good value. And uh, yeah, highly recommend that tool. Like I say, I'll provide links to all of these tools in the show notes. But yeah, essentially got her set up on that. Another thing we had to get set up on was Hubstaff which allows you to track your virtual assistant's time. What are they spending their time on? You know, is it on Chrome? Is it on Audacity? Is it on some other piece of software? So they can press record on their device, you know, when they start their work, 
and then Hubstaff automatically tracks what platforms, what websites they're going onto, and it also takes regular screenshots of their work just to kind of to make sure they're not going onto, say, uh, another job board or maybe working for someone else. Now, personally, I don't have any trust issues whatsoever with my virtual assistant because she's done an amazing job, and I'm sure she will continue to do an amazing job. But if it's something that you're kind of wanting to kind of keep an eye on, then Hubstaff allows you to do that. But like I say, it's not something I really look into that much, if at all. Um, so yeah, it has that capability. Like I say, it also tracks your or the time that your virtual assistant is spending on each task. So yeah, really useful piece of software, as is Asana, which is the workflow management tool that we use. So essentially, I plug into Asana what tasks I want completing, both for myself and for my virtual assistant on any given day. And then as we complete those tasks, we can tick them off. And Asana is great because it allows you to automatically re-enter those tasks. So for example, if you've got a task that needs doing every single day, every single week, or you needs doing uh, on a particular day every single week, then you can set Asana up so that it will automatically, you know, once you've ticked off that task, it will repopulate that task for the next week. So yeah, really handy piece of software. Dropbox, I'm sure you're all aware of what Dropbox is. That's fantastic for sharing big files together and uh, being able to work on the same documents together at the same time that's really cool and there's ways to integrate dropbox onto your device so that you don't actually have to physically go onto dropbox.com every single time you want to upload a piece of content you can simply install the dropbox uh, like a plugin uh, onto your device so that it kind of it kind of comes up in your uh, like your files and then you can kind of save work into Dropbox there, like I say, without having to go into Dropbox itself. So that's really useful. And then things like Audacity, which I actually already ensured that my virtual assistant would have set up during the uh, onboarding slash interview process because they had to provide or they had to create a piece of audio which used Audacity. So that was kind of a useful thing to consider so yeah once all of those systems are in place um that was yeah part of that orientation day i suppose that first day so yeah that was essentially the first day just making sure all those systems are in place moving forward we also had a zoom meeting on that first day so on that first monday and that was just to kind of say well done you know for getting the job and you know if you have any questions at this point do let me know and moving forward we've been having zoom meetings on that same monday at the same time every single week uh, just a one one meeting a week very quick typically 15 to 30 minutes and that's just to share any feedback we have for each other positive or negative you know things we can improve on maybe it's communication maybe we have questions about uh, you know can this work be done in this time period that I've given, um, things like that. So yeah, really, really useful. Moving on from that, we then obviously had to get payments set up. And actually, this was probably the biggest headache, a headache which I didn't necessarily anticipate, um, but not in a bad way, because basically in Vietnam, PayPal, there are kind of some restrictions around PayPal, and obviously that would be my preferred payment choice. So we had to kind of look into other payment sources. To begin with, we looked into Payoneer, which similar sort of process, similar sort of platform as PayPal. Uh, the fees are a lot lower, but it's a real ball ache to use. So I definitely don't recommend Payoneer. I would recommend TransferWise, a British company, very easy to use. They make their fees very transparent. So actually when you say, okay, I want to pay, 
someone in Vietnamese dong, you know, to give you an example of some numbers, say I wanted to pay my virtual assistant five pounds, input that five pounds, and then it would come up what the equivalent amount would be in Vietnamese dong, which is something crazy like uh, over 200,000 Vietnamese dong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a crazy uh, conversion. But anyway, so you put that in and then TransferWise tells you there and then how much they would deduct from your payment um, to cover their fees. And yeah, really super clear, really easy to use, makes payments a piece of piss. So yeah, highly recommend uh, TransferWise if PayPal isn't an option. So yeah, once we kind of got all that set up and it took a bit of back and forth because we tried to use Payoneer and it just wasn't working. So we ended up using TransferWise. I'm so glad we did because they've been fantastic. So yeah, getting those payments set up, that was, like I say, took slightly longer than anticipated, but that's absolutely fine. And then kind of moving forward, it was just kind of letting my virtual assistant kind of work through the tasks on any given day. We have a Excel doc that we share, which says, okay, what tasks are there for each and every day? So on Monday, it might be editing. Tuesday, it might be creating audiograms, etc. And then we can kind of use this document as a cross reference to Asana or vice versa. So that's useful. You know, if you forget to do something on, say, the Google Doc or the Excel Doc, then you can check with Asana and it's like, okay, actually, I haven't done this doc or this haven't done this piece of work. So it's just kind of a useful check to have. So we have that, like I say, she kind of works through those tasks and, and that first week at least and has done since. And from there, it's just a case of checking, okay, are there any questions you have for me as the person who's kind of hiring you? And if you do, encourage your virtual assistant to actually ask those questions there and then so that you don't build up. Because for one, it saves you a lot of time at the end because you're not having to respond to a, like a beastly email that's got like this issue, this issue, that issue, etc. You can kind of respond to the issues as they come up, come up in real time. And I think it's just useful for the virtual assistant as well because they're getting feedback in real time. They're not forgetting why they asked that question to you in the first place. So that is what we did. And then finally, at the end of every single day, uh, my virtual assistant sends over a daily report of things that she's done in a given day. Very simple, just like a basic table. It says, okay, this is the task I did. Any issues that I ran into, uh, were those issues resolved with you directly? Um, what are those issues if they haven't been resolved? And then how long it took each task uh, to be completed. So yeah, my virtual assistant sends this over to me every single day. And then uh, that kind of gives me an idea of, okay, how long a task's taking. Bearing in mind, this isn't for me to track necessarily how long each task is taking. It's more for me to gauge, okay, I maybe need to give her more time on this task, or actually this task didn't take anywhere near as long as I anticipated it would do. So maybe we can allocate more time to another task, etc., etc. So that's kind of what the first week looked like. Similar in many ways in the second week and actually subsequent weeks. And as we've been able to move forward, you know, she's had less and less questions, which has been great because it's freed up more of my time. And also I've been able to kind of fill in or give her some more ad hoc tasks to kind of top up her uh, weekly hours. So at the moment on it, we're kind of working together on a part time basis. So typically she has like 20 hours a week. And if she goes above those 20 hours, that's fine. But hopefully kind of 20 hours is the target. And if we find actually those tasks that we've kind of allocated aren't taking 20 hours, then giving her a few ad hoc tasks in that Excel doc that she can work through in her own time is really useful. 
and breathe. <laughs> so I appreciate that's a lot of information to digest and you might find it useful to kind of go over uh, some of those things, you know, to kind of rewind a little bit. But in terms of kind of the key things I want to kind of highlight and some of the key lessons that we've learned together, which I thought would be nice to share, uh, I've got five of these. First thing is to make your instructions super crystal clear in your in your systems, however you're doing that, whether that's through Google Documents, whether it's through Excel documents, whether that's through emails, whether it's through Asana, or a combination of all of these things, as it is in my case. Yeah, make your instructions super crystal clear. Two reasons for this, just saves a lot of time having to go back and forth and clarify what you mean by a particular task. And it also means that if you need to hire another virtual assistant, you haven't got to go through that same process again of explaining things because it should hopefully be crystal clear to begin with. So yeah, just a big time-saving uh, device, this one. And if you're wanting more details about how you can provide super clear crystal instructions, there's details of how to do that in episode nine of Entrepreneurs Can Party. Second thing, keep your calendar relatively free in the first couple of weeks so that if any questions pop up, you can kind of respond to them quite quickly. This is a big one. So we use a Slack, which is similar to say WhatsApp to kind of uh, respond back and forth, you know, if any questions pop up. And like I say, it's really useful to kind of answer those questions in real time because it helps your virtual assistant first and foremost, and they can kind of get on with other things that I'm to kind of worry about work they haven't been able to do. Because let's remember, this is important that, okay, your virtual assistant is working for you, but they have their own lives to lead. And actually they don't want to spend hours and hours and hours necessarily doing work or your work they might have other work they're doing you know particularly if it's a part-time gig and they've got social lives as well so you don't want to kind of make it difficult for them in any way you want to make it as easy as possible so that's why it's important uh, and i think that kind of speaks for itself really so that's tip number two keep your calendar relatively free tip number three um, ad hoc tasks are really useful to fill in those working gaps and I kind of talked about this already, but if you're looking to hire someone for, say, 20 hours a week, it's useful to be able to give them 20 hours of work each week. And that might mean if you've kind of undershot it slightly, then actually giving them ad hoc tasks they can be getting on with. In my case, I'm in the process of doing an Amazon FBA product. So uh, my virtual assistant has been able to help with the research side of things of that, kind of something she can dip into and out of quite easily. So yeah, ad hoc tasks are very useful. Tip number four, give detailed feedback. Really, really important because, because you don't want your virtual assistant to be making the same mistakes more than once. And obviously this happens and that's absolutely fine as well. You know, I for one don't get things straight away and it usually takes me a couple of bites of the cherry to actually get something in my head and make sure that I kind of understand something. But if it's happening more than four or five times, then that's not a great indicator. So if you can provide as much detailed feedback as possible, recognizing that to begin with, this might take a little bit of time to actually compose these emails and you know be really clear in your feedback, but it's an investment. You're investing in this person. It's an investment of time that you're not having to spend later and you know not having to check their work more than once. Sort of further down the line, so yeah, if you can give detailed feedback in the beginning, that is a very useful thing to do. And then the final thing is you can work as you sleep. <laughs> and this is a wonderful feeling. 
So bearing in mind the time zone difference, so in the UK and the Philippines, I believe the Philippines are seven hours behind or ahead, I always get it mixed up, but it basically means that I can set a task and when I wake up in the morning, that task is usually kind of done. So it's then a matter of me spending sort of 10 to 15 minutes checking what my virtual assistant has done. And if I'm happy, you can just drop her a message in Slack saying, great job, you've done a really cool job. If I've got any feedback I'd like to give her, you should spend 10 to 15 minutes doing that. And it's a really simple process. And like I say, it's a really nice feeling as well to be able to have uh, work completed as you sleep. It's just, yeah, it's something really nice about that. So that's kind of the fifth thing. Not really a point of feedback per se, or kind of a key point per se. It's more just something I've observed and something you'll likely observe as well if you hire a virtual assistant. And there we go. Those are the updates for this month. Those are the updates around working with a virtual assistant. If you have any questions, as always, you can shoot me a message on social. So I'm on social at Entrepreneurs Can Party. Or if you'd like to email me, you know, maybe you've got some more detailed questions you'd like to ask me, more than happy to answer them. As always, you can shoot me an email there, scott at entrepreneurscomparty.com. I'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode useful. Like I say, if you've got any questions, feel free to shoot them over and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And until next time, I look forward to speaking with you again very, very soon. Do take care. Hey, hey, it's only me again. And before you go, I've got a very quick question for you. Would you like to make 2020 your best year yet? Okay, so hopefully that's a no-brainer. And to help you to the same, I've put together my annual blueprint and strategic life plan, which is totally free for you to download today. It's broken down into nine sections and features 96 thought-provoking questions, all of which are aimed to seek clarity about the things you want and to help you make that happen. If you'd like to get your hands on my free 25-page document, visit scottstockdale.co.uk. That's scottstockdale.co.uk.